This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy, playing solo right now, but not for long. It's a weird show today. Weird short show today. Ricks versus Gricks, of course. We are into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. After a semi-wild wild card weekend, it was a super technically... By all accounts, it's the super wild card weekend, but it wasn't really so like super. I think it was just more wild than super. Anyway, we're on to the divisional round. I, again, am your host, Reed Murphy. We will be joined a little later in the show by the always wonderful Emily Sissel of Emily Sissel Asks What If. We will also be bringing in Luis Martinez, a.k.a. Big Chief Burrito. You can find all his stuff, 2AMBurrito.com. You can check him out on Mi Gente Show or Fireside Chats with Big Chief Burrito. Dude went 6-0 and last week. 6-0 and in the picks. I mean, just insane, embarrassing. It, it, made, it literally made Scotty Ilya sick to where he couldn't do picks this week. Literally had him throwing up. He was so upset by this 6-0 and run by Luis. We'll see if he can do it again. Also returning. Zahir Ali of the Animation Deliberation Podcast. He is back. He's feeling healthier. He's high on oxy. Well, not in the show, but later on, he'll get there. We're happy to have him back, and we had them all back for picks. However, as this show continues to grow, and remember, you can always support the show and help us continue to grow. Help us get a new laptop. Help us get all the stuff, the stuff that we really need so that we don't have to do uh, replayed solo shows like this, 323-R-E-I-D at patreon.com or at 323-R-E-I-D on all the social medias. If you just want to hit me up and uh, you know send a Venmo, I can give you the details there. Hit me in the slide in the DMs. We'll work it out. We're redoing this, or I'm redoing this, going solo, drowning, you know, bringing up every ounce of narcissism I can to enjoyably do a solo show here we had everybody zoo luis m doing their picks we were doing the whole thing but technical difficulties as we continue to grow we're trying to make this more of a visual digital show and expose you to all of our beautiful faces and this beautiful studio that we have here little messed up this week zoom was not cooperating on our end on my end so Audio got scratched up. We were able to save some. I'm, I'm, I have a story about nature and experiencing the beautiful brutality of nature with a hawk in the middle of the Walmart parking lot. Could have resulted in my death. 
But we'll save that for a lost episode a little later. We'll be getting into some lost segments with a future lost show coming towards the summer. We'll be able to salvage stuff. And later on, we will have all three of those wonderful folks on to do a great top five. Top five TV show theme songs. We can thank the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz for that one. Of talking about TV show theme songs and Rolling Stone, how they always put out the most passive aggressive, almost pissy top 100 lists. They did top 100 TV show theme songs and they always do something to piss you off. Top 200 singers of all time. We'll get to that one day. No Celine Dion on the list. The fuck? We have top five TV theme songs to do. It's a, it's, one of the most varied lists that you can possibly get, and we will prove it a little later on in the show. But first, let me, as I said before, I will summon up all the narcissism I can to sound interesting, like I know what I'm talking about, because I actually think I do. I went 4-2 and two last week, ultimately 62-45 and 45 in the regular season. I know what I'm talking about a little bit. Let's get to Ricks versus Gricks. We will do the divisional round picks right now. Life, death, time, space. Forget everything you think you know. Put your money on the line. It's time for Ricks versus Gricks. Gricks? That's right. This is Rick's versus Grick's, Reed's picks versus Griffin's picks, but Griffin is lost somewhere in space, so Scott Elia ended up becoming the Grick. But then he was sick this week, so it ended up becoming Luis Martinez, who went 6-0 and last week. 6-0 and is insane. To get all of these wild card games? Come on, man. Big upsets, too, and we're going to get to these upsets, but Luis is the Grick this week. He's the Lick. The Lick Martinez and Zoo, and M, I will have all of their picks for you. First, let's recap the wild card weekend really quickly. The Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers on Saturday. The 49ers, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, literally the last pick in the NFL draft this year. A rookie led the 49ers to a 41-23 victory, eliminating Geno Smith, the future Hall of Famer, and the Seahawks. Meanwhile, Later that night, one of the craziest games of the year, I would say. Chargers, Jaguars. The Jaguars beat the Chargers 31 to 30. Chargers were up 27 to nothing. They were up 27 to nothing. What the fuck happened? What could have <laughs> like it's really hard. That's really hard, especially against the Jaguars. I know they have Trevor Lawrence. I know that there's there's some there's special stuff to them. Doug Peterson coming in with the first year really makes a difference, but come on, man. 27-0. Brandon Staley, their head coach, he'll continue. They fired their off pretty much all of their offensive coaches to make up for what the hell happened that night, and they're going to attempt to salvage it next season, but we'll see. We will see. Meanwhile, Sunday, the Sunday games, we had Miami Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills won 34-31, a lot closer than you would think when the Dolphins are starting their third string quarterback a rookie Skylar Thompson actually balled out he had a little Taylor Heineke in him like fuck it I might not play ever again <laughs> I might not get I, I probably surely will never get another chance to start in a playoff game so fuck it 
I'm going to go all out. Dude played pretty well. I think he may have earned a backup spot just full on number two next year, but we'll see. Bills advance. Dolphins, I really think the Dolphins could have won if two had played, but that's a question for next year. He is the starter as made official by the team. The Minnesota Vikings lost to the New York Giants 31-24. to Vikings are eliminated. Kirk Cousins as uh, SB Nation. Somebody wrote an article. Kirk Cousins is the Costco hot dog of NFL quarterbacks. Holy shit. Oh, that's a joke that we lost in this production that Emily Sissel brought out. Kirkland Cousins. It's... <laughs> He's... He really is, though. And what they mean by this is that Kirk Cousins is serviceable, as he always has been since he was with Washington. He will win you games. He will put up numbers. He will get a Pro Bowl spot every year, and you'll probably be done by the divisional round of the playoffs with him. He's always going to just fall apart because you're not getting those playoff games at 1 o'clock anymore. That's where we know he shines. If we have 1 o'clock, the Super Bowl was at 1 o'clock, this man would be the next Tom Brady. But... It just can't be. So meanwhile, the New York Giants, led by Vanilla Vic, Daniel Jones, they advance. My God, he looked good. Saquon Barkley looked good. It's enraging to Zoo and I as Commanders fans as we see our team with loads of talent, no matter what people will tell you. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson at wide receiver, and Curtis Samuel. Then you have Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson running back. Uh, meh. O-line, but then a defense that is stacked with stars, and we still can't advance past some form of you know, seven and nine, or whatever it is, eight and nine now, or nine and eight. Meanwhile, the Giants didn't do anything in the offseason. Made next to no acquisitions in free agency outside of Tyrod Taylor. They drafted Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, who were great pickups, but all they did was pretty much add the new head coach, Brian Dable, who I I would throw up there for coach of the year consideration, and a great GM from Buffalo as well, Joe Shine, and they look like a completely different thing. Brian Dable did this with Josh Allen in Buffalo, where he looked awful his first year. They build around him, they invest in him, Dable works with him, and they transform him into the beast that he is now. This is what's happening with Jones. I don't know if it will continue on to this week, but still wildly impressive and wildly infuriating if you're a Commanders fan, the one team in the NFC East that, that did not make the playoffs and is not in the divisional round now. Wonderful. Meanwhile, on to Sunday night, another wild game. The Baltimore Ravens were at the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals win 24-17. The reigning AFC champs kind of skated out of there with pretty much just bad decision making Tyler Huntley was the starting quarterback for the Ravens Lamar Jackson didn't go that relationship looks like it might be dead no matter what the Ravens say as they search for a new offensive coordinator after letting Greg Roman go Tyler Huntley could have could have really put a new swing on the game had he not just tried to reach out like Michael Jordan in Space Jam at the goal line and the ball pops out. Sam Hubbard, defensive end for the Bengals, runs it back 98 yards, has to get oxygen. Bengals advance. They will continue to see if they can make it back and have that magic from last year. Finally, on Monday night, 
the Dallas Cowboys eliminated Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, winning 31-14. to Brady, as I said, done for the year, done in the first round of the playoffs. You never really see it happen. It's also the first time in his career. And mind you, a career that is now old. He has spent more time in the NFL than he has spent not in the NFL in his life. Let that sink in. He has spent more time in the NFL than he has not being in the NFL. That's insane. That's too much. But he has, in that time, not had a losing season like this. There hasn't been too much accountability. Todd Bowles will continue to be the head coach, much to many Bucks fans' chagrin. But they got rid of offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. They got pretty much rid of all their offensive staff. Bowles will get a chance to completely build it out. But Tom Brady in his press conference pretty much said farewell to the Tampa Bay. You can read it maybe as a retirement goodbye, but I fully see it as he is coming back next year and he will be on another team. He's going to go to a team that's built and ready to win. Where that ends up being, that's a whole discussion. You have plenty of options from... I mean, people have put out San Francisco, which would be the built-in place, but ask me, you got Brock Purdy, who, Mr. Irrelevant, between Brock Purdy, Jimmy G, Trey Lance, who really wasn't doing much before he got hurt both years, Jimmy G, Brock Purdy have to do the bare minimum, and that team can win. The 49ers are on a 10-game winning streak with Brock Purdy leading them at the moment. He is making eight. He will make eight hundred thousand dollars next year. That's compared to, I believe Brady is making forty million this year, if not forty-five. Why not just keep rolling with the rook? Roll with him. Roll with him. See what happens. If it, if you really, unless Brady takes a significant less amount than he's been making to play there. Otherwise, I could see Brady. And don't throw the Commanders fan thing at me, but I could realistically see Brady coming to Washington. There's the talent around. He's the leader that they could need, especially with the change in the offense. Brady's going to end up somewhere. It's just not going to be Tampa Bay. Now they're done. They're out. Dallas is on to the divisional round, and so are we. So the divisional round of the playoffs, we are going to begin with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 9-8, and eight, at the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 14-3. and three. Kansas City is a 9-point favorite in this game. Zuhair Ali, Luis Martinez, 6-0 and oh again, they both are taking the Chiefs. Emily Sissel, she's the bold one. She is taking the Jacksonville Jaguars in this one. I am going to roll with Kansas City. I can't doubt Mahomes, but I do think it's going to be a closer game than people are expecting. The Jaguars just have some, they have momentum. They have magic right now. They are feeling it. I think Trevor Lawrence is playing up to that championship level that we're expecting from somebody who had the the resume and the expectations that he had while playing at Clemson and in high school. However, it's Kansas City. It's the Chiefs. We have been undervaluing somehow Patrick Mahomes and this team to where it's sort of similar to Michael Jordan in the 90s, where Michael Jordan, realistically, if you look at all the stats and everything, Michael Jordan probably could have won MVP every single year. But when you're playing, when you are greatness and you are doing things that other people can't do, 
you kind of just get normalized in a weird way. And we forget because it's the sports media landscape and everybody, everything is an argument. Everything has to be a debate. Nothing can be clear cut. Mahomes is clear cut greatness. But when he's not putting up 500 yards and five touchdowns per game, and he's only doing the, he's putting up only 350 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers, probably throwing some rushing yards. We're like, oh, yeah. Anybody can do that. No, nobody else can do that. Nobody else can make some of the throws that Patrick Mahomes makes. Nobody else can make some of this magic that Patrick Mahomes makes, especially with Travis Kelsey, especially since they're still doing this without Tyreek Hill, who we thought was a key piece to this. In fact, losing Tyreek Hill, I think, made Patrick Mahomes better. He has now had to up his game. He's had to get used to making these short throws, making more design plays instead of just the fuck it, chuck it to Tyreek Hill. This is a better team than I think we have seen since the beginning of the Mahomes era. I fully believe that the Chiefs can take this all the way to a Super Bowl win this year. Mahomes will win MVP. Give me the Chiefs this week against the Jaguars at the very least. I don't see them. I don't see any way they possibly lose to the Jaguars, but I'll save that sound just in case. Next up, we have the New York Giants, who are 9-7-1 at the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 14-3. Philly is a 7.5-point favorite. I can keep it simple here. Luis picked the Eagles. Zoo picked the Eagles. Emily Sissel's taking the Eagles. I am also taking the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the game will be close. I think the Giants will put up a fight, but I think the magic, great season that they've had is going to end right here. Next up. The Cincinnati Bengals, the reigning AFC champs, 12-4 at the Buffalo Bills, who are 13-3. Buffalo is a five-point favorite. This is a replay, almost, of the game that DeMar Hamlin got carted out or taken out with cardiac arrest. More than likely, he's not going to be here at this game, which is something that we got into. Little conspiracy, little, little bit of conspiracy theory on this because I know and I'll whisper to you because we don't know if the NFL's listening and they have snipers on us but come in closely listen I think the NFL made the Damar Hamlin stuff go away you notice all the number three patches are gone off those jerseys last week the number three highlighted on the field and you know in the 30 yard line and whatnot that was gone Damar Hamlin there were even rumors that he was supposed to be at the game last week. And they was going to hype up the Bills. And then he didn't come. He was watching from home. I think the NFL made a little call, told him, Hey, man, could you just stay home? Let's not, let's not keep bringing attention to this. Because it's like we, like we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Terror. It was pure terror. Watching these, team, these teammates of his and the Bengals crying panicking on the field because they don't know like we've never seen somebody just about die on the field which is what happened to him and it's just like we said if he lives boom everybody's going to celebrate and we're going to forget it we're going to move on until something like this happens again and we have NFL was ready to move on they were ready to move on in the game and play it five minutes later just warm up get five minutes of warm-up time that's gone I don't expect to see DeMar Hamlin there but some could argue the magic is still going to be with the Bills. I don't know. 
the motivation might be gone. I'm sure they're still kind of America's team right now. People are rooting for them, but just depends on whether you think they can hold up that magic against the team that they were going, that they had that panic moment with. So in this time, we have Luis Martinez and Zahir Ali. They are taking the Bills in this one. Emily Sissel is taking the Bengals. I am also taking the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, he's got that Mahomes thing. And that's what I can't wait. I really want a Bengals Chiefs AFC championship because if there is one person that truly does not give a fuck about Patrick Mahomes, it's Joe Shiesty. It's Joe Burr. These Bengals, there is just something there on that offense. Now their O-line is getting more and more tattered, which is bad enough because it was awful last year. But I'm just not doubting Mahomes' magic. And I'm not doubting Zach Taylor anymore. It's a great leader of men on that team. The defense is good enough, good enough to hold its own with other teams. And that offense, the offense, you have to beat what Joe, what Joe Burrow, Jahomes, what Joe Burrow can do with those guys like Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins, and Joe Mixon at running back, Samaj P. Ryan at running back too. Give me the Bengals in this one. I think it's going to it's gonna be a shootout, and it's going to be the game of the week, but give me the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Buffalo Bills. Bills will be back next year. I think they'll be better than ever. Running back market is stacked going into free agency and the draft. Watch them get somebody like a Saquon Barkley, even if they end up with somebody like a David Montgomery from Chicago, or drafting somebody between Jameer Gibbs, Tank Bigsby. I don't think that they'll have any chance at getting the dude from Texas, but... Give them Jameer Gibbs, Tank Bigsby, uh, uh, any of these guys. Sean Tucker. Bills will be a much better team if they can get a great running game going. Devin Singletary is just eh. Finally, the Dallas Cowboys, 12-5 at the San Francisco 49ers, who are 13-4. San Francisco is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. How does Brock Purdy keep doing this? Like, what did we miss? And all of the pre-draft and preseason evaluation, Scott's our college expert, and he was killing it all year. He was killing it last year on picks, on evaluations, giving us players that we need to know. I don't remember him bringing up Brock Purdy, and he can correct me on this next time when he's, you know, done throwing up from Luis's six and zero week. But my God, the 49ers are devastating. They are a devastatingly talented team. However. I, as much as I hate Dallas, as much as I hate the Cowboys, the Cowboys, I believe, are right up there in terms of talent. So getting to the picks here, we have Zahir Ali and Emily Sissel are taking the 49ers. Wildly talented, on a 10-game winning streak, they can do it. However, I am rolling with Luis Martinez on this one. He and I are both taking the Dallas Cowboys, begrudgingly, begrudgingly taking the Dallas Cowboys because on paper, that team has everything it needs to win a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott, I believe, is a top 10 quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard might not be the best running backs in the NFL, but you use them together, and if they start going and get going like they did this past week, you have an incredibly dangerous running threat, along with great receivers like CeeDee Lamb, tight end Dalton Schultz. Michael Gallup is not to be underrated. And that defense led by Micah Parsons. They can do it. They can win this game. If they win this game, I think that they could possibly, possibly go all the way or at least go to what I believe is fate 
an NFC Championship game between them and the Philadelphia Eagles. The third time's the charm where both teams should be healthy, ready to go, and we can finally get a great matchup between them. Give me the Cowboys in this one. This is going to be a fun weekend. Let's see how these picks turn out. This has been Ricks versus Gricks, everybody. Did you or he say currently? I said it. Okay. What do you think all brown people sound alike, Zoo? <laughs> Heard that. Moving on to the real important shit. The absolute creme de la creme of everything that we're doing. It is time for the 323's top five. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the 323's top five. Ah, shit. Here we go again. That's right, this is the 323's top five. This one is a beauty of one. And I forgot how it even came to fruition in my mind. I think Levitard's show was talking about theme songs. Yeah, they were talking about theme songs with Andrew Hawkins. And so I realized, yeah, there's so many good TV theme songs. Rolling Stone has a list of the 100 best TV show theme songs. And naturally, as Rolling Stone does, they piss you off with it. And they throw in such weird, random shit. I figured that we could do better. And I think that with this diverse group that we have of me, Emily Sissel, Luis Martinez, Zuhair Ali, and originally Scott, but Scott's sleep, so we know his is the uh, whatever that sleep song is with the sheep, counting sheep. There's probably sleep songs. Anything that's on the call map, <laughs> that's what Scott's favorite theme song is. We could get a great, great list of top fives here. So... We are going to go around the table and see just how different these lists of TV favorite TV show theme songs can get. So we're all going to go number five, number four, number three, number two, number one. Uh, Luis, do you have your list ready? Have we given you ample time? It was was surprisingly easy. I do have a couple of special mentions, but I do have my top five. I'll warn you now, man. We say surprisingly easy. We say surprisingly easy, but I thought mine was going to be easy. And holy shit, once I started like listening to like a playlist of TV show theme songs, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I love that. I love that. I guess it just has to be what's on, you know, what's right onto your mind. I'll go yeah, with Mo. I, I'll hit you with OLI. I try to mix I try to mix in a little bit of like the stuff that I like from recent to like the stuff from my childhood that was important. So. That's, that's true. That's true. See, there were some that didn't make my list. I had all that. Green Acres. Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow, it was a strong contender for it. Uh, Hawaii Five-0, MASH, Sanford and Son, all great theme songs. None made my list. My list is very personal. It'll feel very weird. Um, who, who should we kick off number five with? Zoo, let's get you at number five, so that way you can get out of here after number one. All right, so quick disclaimer on mine, because I run a animated podcast, Animation Deliberation. All of mine are anime-related, so apologies if it's not as fun as everybody else's. But I do have a playlist on anime openers, because they're all bangers. Don't have one on sitcom stuff, so we're going to roll with it. <laughs> and we're going to open up by saying the first theme song from My Hero Academia. Hey. And this, this podcast you speak of, where can you find it? Animation Deliberation, found anywhere you find your podcast. Oh, I love it. 
Luis, don't you have podcasts? Rape as you're going at number five. Uh, yeah, I do have podcasts uh, at Me Hente Show. Anywhere you get, well, Me Hente Show, M I G E N T E S H O W for the non Latinos. Uh, <laughs> and um, you can find that anywhere as well as Fireside Chats with myself, Big Chief Burrito. Perfect. So, what's Give your all five? of these shows Twitter follows too for that, updates? That's so true. That's so true. Find us on all of our on all the the uh, the you know the Twitters and the social medias at three two three R E I D at Big Chief Burrito at Zoo <laughs> and some numbers. The Zoo and numbers, right? I was gonna say animation deliberation, but sure. Well, you can <laughs> when do that, I hear yeah. me talk football, it's Z with five U's and then seven eight six. <laughs> and of course, we have Miss Miss Sissel's superheroes. Wow, I almost fucked up your last name. My goodness. Who you can? She also has a podcast. Emily Sissel asks, "What if?" I haven't recorded in literally almost a year. The last oh, one was okay. a halftime show. One. I'm a teacher. I don't have time for literally anything. That doesn't matter. Where as long as there's episodes out, that's but, a podcast. But all my social media stuff is either Sissel Superheroes or Sissel Super because Twitter doesn't let you do long handles. And you can get great teaching tips. You can get a lot of great stuff with Emily's social medias. It's evergreen, as they say. That's right. Luis, what is your number five? All right. My also rants kind of mixed in with yours. Everybody remembers Cheers. Everybody knows your name. MASH, Suicide is Painless is the best, like, needle drop fucking intro ever. Really is. Um, Growing Pain, Show Me That Smile Again. And uh, Orange is the New Black, surprisingly, is a theme song that I never really fast forwarded. Uh, I thought it was really quick and catchy and is one of my favorite theme songs of modern. But for me, when I thought about my top five, I had to go with uh, a show that I watched reruns of growing up, and that was Different Strokes. Different Strokes. Different Strokes. Different Strokes. That's right. Licensing things are hard, so we have to sing our theme songs. (laughs) 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 Emily Sissel, you're number five. I just need to reiterate, did it, like, could it have been a song before it was a theme song? If, well, like the MASH theme song is a song in of itself. Right. But there's, but there's other ones that are like more like... Because this is going to determine my number five of what I, gets kicked out. I think there are so many that it's fair to go ahead and count that. Because especially if it's iconic to the show. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's theme. Okay. So my honorable mentions then are Community, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Saved by the Bell, Gilmore Girls, Blues Clues, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all of which are some of my favorites of all time, but my number five is going to go to Peacemaker. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a fun opening. <laughs> Can't beat it. Fresh Prince. I know Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince didn't make mine either. The fact, OLI. It was it's so insane. hard not to put it in my top five. It, it really was. It really was. Uh, my number five here, as you know, this is a sports show, so I'll relate it back here. Friday Night Lights. I love the theme song for Friday Night Lights. It just makes me, even though it's like set in Texas and it sounds very Texas, it makes me think of my high school football days. And I just love it. It's just very chill. We're going to get so many song nominations for the 323 Awards on this one. (laughs) Number four, Zoo. Number four, we're going to go with the second opener for Fire Force. It's called Mayday. Featuring Rio from Crystal Lake. Absolutely love that band. So to hear the vocals in that song was super exciting. 
the one of the main reasons I like this playlist of anime music is because it's like everything I like about metal and like 2000s rock. So Mayday's number four is the banger. Beautiful. Luis? Uh, I just realized that this is the only one that I have that has no lyrics. <clears throat> and so I think this will be a combination of the theme song, intro, and outro for BoJack Horseman. It's, yeah, that's a good one. I've never seen BoJack got, Horseman. I've heard so many great the, things. It's depressing. The intro is like <laughs> just funky. Like it's it's kind of like it's just this funky intro, but then the the ending. Back in the nineties, I was on a very famous TV show. Uh, that that it's actually. I get mad at Netflix for trying to skip to the next episode, and I always have to hit watch credits so that I can so I can listen to that song at the end. For me, the, the best theme songs are the ones that I don't skip through, or that I watch, you know, or that I listen to at the end. And, and Bojack is absolutely my favorite credit song. That's a great contending piece. Emily, you're number four. Pokemon. Hey. Pokemon. I want to be the very, very best, best like no one ever was. So it's that one. It's the first one. You get the that because there's, they have, I got to say the first three are incredible. The first three cars. are really good. So you want to be a master of Pokemon? Pokemon. Do you have the skills to be number one? <laughs> master Quest, right? I think so. Yeah, I think that's the Master <laughs> Quest one. Master was that not the Johto one? No, was the Jodo world? No, no. Was Jodo a whole new world? Because I'm current. No, no, no. Ma Master Quest was part of the Jodo League for that one. Because now they're on. Okay. Then it's Sapphire and Ruby in Advanced. Because that's what I'm currently oh. on is the one after Jodo League. No matter what, no matter what, we're going to be hearing about mass about becoming a master at Pokemon training and the power of friendship. Friendship is so hell cool. yeah, hell yeah! Look at that. <laughs> My number four. Spoken word, the Twilight Zone. Love Rod Serling's narration in there. It's such a creepy, spooky, like retro sound, but it's still you know you know the vibe that you're getting with it. Oh, like the Rick's versus Crick's opener. That's right. It's we're very inspired. In fact, some have called us the next Twilight Zone. Number three. Number three. Zoo. Number three. The show was going to be Sword Art Online. I could not pick a particular song because Lisa's voice is just a she's just a goddess and everything sounds incredible. And when you think somebody else is going to do another opener over four seasons that it wouldn't live up. But surprisingly, it's done so. So just everything over the realm of Sword Art Online. I like it. I need to watch some more anime. Yeah, you do. I need to get on there. I'll get there at some point. Oi. All right. We're on number we're on number three, so moving to Luis, number three. Sorry, I had to get my visual representations for this one. <laughs> uh, probably one of my favorite shows of all time, and uh, uh, Master Shake is my spirit animal. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, uh, Mike Zula, the Mike Rula, Aqua Teen Hunger Force for number three. I can go with that. I can go with that. Emily, you're number three. Bill and I, the science guy. Hey. Nice. Bill and I, the science guy. Bill and the science guy. Science rules. It does. <laughs> oh, I love science. Look, if this, look, if there's a theme song that 
when I put on Bill Nye the Science Guy when we were learning about the seasons and geography and all of my students drop everything they're doing and scream sing the theme song. It goes all the way from, you know, the 90s till now and the kids are still doing that and they get hyped about it. That's a good ass theme song. That's right. It's a good ass theme song. <laughs> Oh. Especially in a world where like everything's on projectors now, when they still roll in a VHS just to play that. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Number three for me, also very retro. Going back to my childhood, Keenan and Kel. Rest in peace, Coolio. Love Coolio. I've noticed a trend in my final three shows that my shows have gotten very personal, very for the culture, very black, pretty much, and. While I was doing this list, I hit a couple songs. One of them was being an OLI, or a couple OLIs, actually. One, the Guilty Pleasure. And if you all would like, very quickly, I can shoot out a list that I made up on the fly. Top five whitest theme songs. Since we're we're not a very white right. show right now. But I can I can throw out the top five whitest theme songs. So here we here we go. For Scott, in, lo- in loving memory of Scott Elia. Number five, it's a tie between Happy Days... And the OC. The OC with that California song, it goes it kinda goes hard. Kinda goes hard. Though I don't I don't really like the uh the whiny white teen angst tone to it, but California. California I love that song. Number four, Dukes of Hazard. I can call it one of the whitest songs because it's the Dukes of Hazard theme, but also the official name is Good Old Boy by Waylon Jennings. That feels pretty white. Number three, which is my number one guilty pleasure song, the Gilmore Girls theme song. Also, your number one guilty pleasure show. That's a good ass guilty pleasure show. He loves watching that show with me. He loves that show. I love those white girls. What are Lorelai and Luke again? Oh, they're an inferno. They're not. They're not even. It's not even like a flame. It's not a flicker. That's a fucking inferno. You can't tell me differently. Number two, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. <laughs> I don't want to wait for my life to be over. That's a good song. Very white, though. But then that's not as white as number one. Number one, Friends. God, that's a white song. Everything about that annoys me. I will have to say that since you said that we were doing this, the Full House theme song has been stuck in my head. Oh, oh shit! Yes, <laughs> I forgot. There was a, there, listen, there was talk- a time. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. We just talked about Full House. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. no! I so said there was a time in the '90s when Friends first came out that they were playing that fucking song on the radio as well oh God. yeah so not only was it the theme song of the show but they were playing it like constantly on the radio wouldn't know i wasn't born yet <clears throat> 97 shout out right. to uh living single the show that uh friends was stolen from absolutely oh where are we at we're back to two. number two we're back to number two zoo zoo two zoo two zoo 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 two <laughs> So for number two, Studio Piero did a fantastic job of uh, using all of the theme songs for Naruto on the 20th year anniversary to just do a collage of like the beginning and end of the story over nine minutes. But the best song from that collage is Bluebird, which was the second opener in Naruto Shippuden. It just it puts you in the feels. It's such a great song. 
We love Naruto around here. Number two, Luis. Two weeks. I am the stone that the builder refused. Um, another adult swim show, The Boondocks. Love The Boondocks. Ah, that's a good one. Who did yeah, that one again? Was that Most Def? Uh, or no. no. Uh, oh, shit. Asheru is the artist? Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I felt yeah. very confident in my oh shit. <laughs> Who did, did you think it was? I thought it was um um uh shit. Now I can't think of his name. I'll find it. I'll figure it out. Emily, number two. <laughs> uh, going from the spoken word of Twilight Zones to the spoken word of Avatar: The Last Airbender. I hear you dorks text that to each other all the time. Is that a song or is it just an opener? I asked. I, mean, I guess there's music behind no, it. No, I asked Reed if I could put it. He said yes. He said it would count. Okay. Because I was. It's a great because, show, so. Because I was very much like I don't know because she just speaks with music behind her and there's all kinds of animation going on. But yes, we do text each other whenever they do it with the Pokemon. <laughs> Killer Mike is who I was thinking of. God damn it! Oh. Freaky eye Charmander. A lot happening. Number, a lot happening. Did we just call Killer Mike a freaky eyed Charmander? Number two. Oh, shit. We've, I'll, I'll, you know what? We'll, tweet we'll, him. we'll isolate that and we'll tweet Killer Mike that. that Zoo's calling to Zuhair Ali is talking <laughs> shit about you on the 323. <laughs> Number two. Good times. That's what we're having right now. Good times. It's the song where the lyrics, I don't know what the fuck the last thing is that they say, but everybody has like a different interpretation of what that final lyric is in the Good Times theme song. It's from that Chappelle, it's from that Chappelle bit too, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that could be... Good times. Ooh, that could be in our, uh, if we end up doing this panel that we won't talk about too much because we don't know what's actually happening. But if we end up having trivia someplace sometime... That could be in there. Number one to close us out. Zahir Ali, number one. Both of the songs from this show are absolute bangers, but got to give Garenge from Demon Slayer. That sh- opener was so fantastic that the the Tokyo Olympics actually closed out to the song. So number one for Garenge. It's awesome. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's that's a pretty impressive feat for a theme song. Luis, number one. Uh, I've watched this show over and over, uh, probably about, I've watched the show all the way through probably about five or six times, and I've never skipped this intro song ever. Uh, woke up this morning, got yourself a gun, you know, to the, you know, the, the, the New Jersey background. So number one in the hood for me has to be the Sopranos. It's a pretty iconic theme. That's a pretty iconic one. Emily Cecil is your number one, The Sopranos. It's Scooby Doo. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's more on brand. Where are you? <laughs> it's Scooby Doo. Uh, my. Have you seen Selma yet? Uh, I saw it at New York Comic Con. It was shit then. Still is shit. <laughs> 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 so yeah. There's your Velma <laughs> review. Why? <Well>, <laughs> So I've been talking to my friend Jay. They are Asian, and they said as an Asian person, it is very, very hard for them to hate an Asian character, and Taffany on that show managed to do it for them. 
Uh, um, <laughs> yes. So for me, Scooby Doo. That's like I get sick. I rewatch like all of Scooby Doo. I own all the episodes, the movies, everything about it. I had a mural of the entire Scooby Gang taking up an entire wall in my room for most of my life. Uh, but my personal favorite is What's New Scooby-Doo because Simple Plan did a phenomenal job with that. I mean, come on. What's New Scooby-Doo? We're coming after you. We're going to solve, solve that mystery. mystery. I see you, Scooby-Doo. The trail leads back to you. What's New Scooby-Doo? What's New Scooby-Doo? Jump in there, Louise. Harmonize. Back. Oh, God, that song is such a banger. There's <laughs> <laughs> so many bangers in the, uh, in the Scooby-Doo franchise. Simple plan Pop is... Pop name Scooby-Doo. Oh, well, no, that's the thing. All of the Scooby-Doo theme songs, they are all bangers. Every single one, except Thelma, because everything about Thelma was trash. Trash. I actually don't remember the theme song, but I'm just going to say it was trash. We'll call it trash. Number one sure. for me, closing it out here, In Living Color. I'm going very 90s and living color. And I'm going with the original one by Heavy D and the Boys. That's a. Do what you want to do in living color. You know that I. Uh, just side note here. I wrote, a, I wrote a movie and it was about a guy who was dating J-Lo when she was a dancer on In Living Color. And then he got knocked into a coma and woke up five years later and she was famous. And uh, then he got obsessed with Puff Daddy. And it's called Puffy Must Die because he becomes crazy. And he, he got, anyway, long time ago, but it, it just reminded me of that. I like it. I also, we always just like really let's gloss over, just gloss over the fact Luis writes movies. That Luis is a movie <laughs> producer. <laughs> it's, I actually, I, it's we actually best. made, we, we made a version of, because it, it was a movie that I wanted to make forever when I was in film school. And I never got a chance to make it. And then one year we got like um, we got like uh, action or, or suspense as our category for the 48 hour film festival. And I'm like, fuck it. We're making Puffy Must Die. So we made like a little eight minute version of it. I'll, I'll shoot it to you. It's funny, but it's not that high quality. But. I'm down. I'm down. Guys, everybody, thank you for being here. It has been fun. Luis, before you go, you have a festival coming up, right? Yeah, say? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, I, I'm, I'm a curator for the San Diego Latino Film Festival. So if anybody is out in the West Coast, it's March 9th through the 19th at Mission Valley. Uh, you can follow me at Big Chief Burrito or at SD Latino Film if you want to find out more about it. Um, and like we said earlier, you can you can check us out at 2amburrito.com uh, and uh, follow at Mi Gente Show and, um, for, for all your Latinos reacting to news and culture podcasting needs we love it we love it zahir ali again you can check him out on the animation deliberation podcast thank you for being back sue we love seeing you back he's gonna go that i could make my uh my podcast resurgence with you guys zoo's gonna go do some oxy meanwhile <laughs> emily and i we're gonna go to bed we're tired emily sissel thank you for being here making this long trek from the living room to the studio to the other side of the studio and back to the desk of the studio as we're <laughs> hidden in this cute picture on the zoom chat i hate technology <laughs> i'm so unbelievably frustrated right now between the work day and that you but can you're welcome you can follow the show at 323 r-e-i-d 
anywhere, all the socials, and Patreon.com to continue to help us grow and maybe get a new laptop so we can, you know, get some over some of these tech difficulties. <laughs> Please. For the time being, I am your host, Reed Murphy. We will see how these picks do. In the meantime, enjoy the football weekend. Enjoy your day. Stay safe, everybody. Can you add a fuck you, Scott, at the end? Fuck Scott. Yeah, I like that. <laughs>